the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as water. It refers to the Holy Spirit and compares him to water. And there's something very interesting about water. And there's three things that I want to talk to you real quick before we get into it, because I believe it's very important that we understand the importance of water. And so the first thing about water that's very interesting is that water regulates the temperature of the earth. Without water, there will be no regulation. This earth wouldn't be as we know it. The water regulates the temperature of the earth. And it is the same thing as with the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit regulates our temperature. He is the one that is in control of us. And the second thing that the Holy Spirit does, the water does, is water is key for life. You guys remember when everybody was talking about Mars? Yeah? And so when they went to Mars, what happened? They said there is life. Why is there life in Mars? Because they're, what do they find? Huh? You can say it out loud. Help me preach. They found water. They found uh, 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 some ice. It was frozen water. And so they said there is life. Why? Because water is key for there to be life. And the third thing that the Holy Spirit does, that water does in our lives is uh, humans can survive five to six days without water before they die. You know what's really interesting? As many people survive five to six days without even going to church, without praying, and then on that seventh day, it's like, oh, they're running, they're barely making it through the doors on Sunday morning. It's like, oh, I made it, I'm here, and you're there religiously. And then, at the same time, we want God to move in our favor, we want God to do great things, but five to six days out of the week, we have nothing to do with God, we have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. But it is the same with water. When we go five to six days without water, and some of you are like, well, I haven't drank water in like five to six days. Yeah, but you've had coffee, you've had tea, you've had lemonade, but go without drinking any kind of liquid. Five to six days, on the seventh day, you're gone. You're in, either in glory or you're somewhere else where we hope not to know anything about, right? So this is the importance of water, but this is also what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. So really quick, I want to go uh, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. It is very interesting here because the Holy Spirit is our water to live. And I'm just going to read it. You don't have to open it up until later on. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. And it says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves or free and all were made to drink of one spirit say with me drink drink of one spirit it's really interesting that the bible refers to the holy spirit as a drink as water why because the holy spirit is as important as water is to our lives without the holy spirit we can't make it without water we can't make it in life have you ever seen an athlete that trains and goes to a game and actually makes it without drinking any kind of water absolutely not we can't run this race of Christianity of faith unless we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in John chapter 14 and verse 14, it says, If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So it's really interesting that Jesus says that. Why? Because many times we ask so many things for God to do in our lives, but the one last thing that we forget to ask is what? for more of the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously when we receive Christ, I'm, I'm just gonna get this out of the way because a lot of people um, are like, we can't have more of the Holy Spirit. Yes, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we have all the Holy Spirit that we need, but every day we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. John chapter seven, verse 37 through 39, it says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. However, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this he said about the 
spirit. So the spirit is like water, and we have to understand that. The Holy Spirit is like water, spiritual water. It is the water that we need. Jesus himself says, whoever drinks of this water will never thirst. He's not talking about physical thirst because we are thirsty every day. We have to drink water every day. He is talking about the spiritual thirst. This is why we have so many people that although you might have grown up in church, although you're part of the worship team, although maybe sometimes you preach, there is something inside of you that is thirsting for more. There is something inside of you that although you post pretty pictures on social media, you have great videos on on TikTok, but something inside of you wants more. It's not enough. And this is what the Bible refers to as thirst. And the only one that can satisfy this thirst is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that we talk about least in our churches. We talk about everything else, and God has great plans for you, and God is raising up a generation. And I'm like, man, God's been raising up a generation since I was like 10 years old, and I don't know if that generation ever rose up or not, but, you know, we're still waiting on it. I'm 33 now, and we're still waiting on that one generation from, you know, 33 years ago. But we have to pay attention and give importance to the Holy Spirit. Now, when it comes to the Holy Spirit today, I want to talk to you about three stages of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There are three stages, and I want to go very quickly because I know God wants to do something today. There are three stages of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the first one, the Holy Spirit is with us. Say with me, the Holy Spirit is with me. Even if you're not a Christian, those who have not received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, guess what? The Holy Spirit's with them. It's something where, oh, well, hold on, hold on. I, uh, I don't know about the Bible. This is what the Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 7 through 9. It says, nevertheless, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the, the advocate, the comforter, it's the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go away... I will send him to you. And when he comes, who is he? The Holy Spirit. And when he comes, it says, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. The Bible says that what the Holy Spirit will do when he arrives, when he comes to earth, it it is he will convict the world of Sin. You can leave that verse up there. He will convict the world of sin. What does this mean? He brings conviction of sin. This is why the Holy Spirit is with us, because it is the Holy Spirit since the moment that we are born, since the moment that we enter into this earth, that he is with us, pulling us towards Jesus, pulling us towards Christ. It is God who took the initiative to to reconcile, reconcile the world to him. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says uh, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for everyone has sinned and has fallen short of the glory of God. So let's start from square one. We're all sinners. We were born as sinners. We were born in sin. This is why we need salvation. And so from the beginning, the Holy Spirit has been pulling us, convicting us from sin. So what is the purpose of of the Holy Spirit with me? What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit with us? The purpose of the Holy Spirit with us is to bring us to Jesus. Because the Bible says that his purpose here on earth is to convict us of sin. This is why if you can remember before you were a Christian, this is why if you can remember before you even took that step of faith, 
You would go to a church. You would go somewhere to your, to your grandmother's, to your uncle, to your aunt's house, somewhere where there was the glory of God and something inside of you was moving. Something inside of you was pulling you towards Jesus. And you said, man, I, I just, it feels different. I feel so much better. Every time I go into that place, it feels really cool. I, just, I don't know how to, how to describe it. This is the Holy Spirit was pulling you. See, nobody goes after God by their own will. It's the Holy Spirit that's pulling you every day. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 5 and verse 18, it says that God reconciled the world to himself. What does this mean? That means that we sinned. We broke off the relationship that God had with us. But then God took the initiative and said, you know what? I'm going to reconcile you to myself. I'm going to take the initiative and that broken relationship I'm going to restore this is why it's, it's erroneous. It's, a, it's the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life to believe the voice of the enemy when you've sinned and you've fallen short that, that God doesn't want you, that God has nothing to do with you. Let me tell you something. Many times, yes, it's true that the church will act a certain way and you're shunned upon, but you know what? Jesus doesn't act that way. God doesn't act that way. The Holy Spirit doesn't act that way. That's why you keep feeling these feelings of, I need something more because it's the Holy Spirit that's drawing you into, into the faith into the family of faith. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps pulling you in. So the Holy Spirit, the first stage is that what? He's with us. And this is the reason why we're here, because many of us have taken that step of faith to say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I want to give my life to Jesus. And so it is God that's always, it is the Holy Spirit that's always bringing us to God. It is the Holy Spirit that's always drawing us to God. So what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit with me? The purpose of the Holy Spirit with me is to bring me to Jesus. Say it with me. The purpose of the Holy Spirit. Say it loud. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring me to Jesus. That's what the purpose of the Holy Spirit with me is. Now, what happens when the Holy Spirit brings us to Jesus and we, and we make that, 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 that confession, that public confession that, Jesus, I want to follow you, I want to serve you for the rest of my life, what begins to happen is stage two because when, when the Holy Spirit brings us to God, then the Holy Spirit goes from being with us to being in us. It's what the Bible says. Now, it's really interesting. Um, uh, a few years ago, I was probably like 25 or something. I was a lot younger. I was a lot thinner. I was a skinnier and handsomer back then. Now we have a few more pounds. It's kind of hard to lose weight now, but, you know, it's okay. But I went to the chiropractor because I had a headache. And so I had a friend that told me, go to the chiropractor. I said, well, what does a chiropractor have to do with my headache? I need to, you know, take some Tylenol. I need to go to an actual doctor, right? That was my, my mindset. She said, no, go to the chiropractor. It's going to fix your headache. So I went just because, out of courtesy, I guess. And, uh, and then the, they made me sign this contract of this treatment that was going to be like three months or something. And the first, uh, the, the first uh, session, if you will, with the chiropractor, he took my blood pressure and all that good stuff. And then he had me doing some ridiculous exercises. He was like, lift up your right hand. I was like, okay. Lift up your left hand. I was like, okay. Lift up you know, your, your legs. And I was like, okay. So I did that for like five minutes. And I felt like I was a Nazi. And I was like, dude, I mean, I don't know. This doesn't feel right. So I'm, I'm doing this, right? And then he's like, all right, we're done. I was like, bro, I'm paying for this? This is why I could have done this. You could have just called me on the phone and said, hey, man, just do this and, you know, for five minutes, and then I would, you would have saved me some money. So I did that. The next week, I went again. He said, how you feeling? I said, man, I still got the headaches. I was like, I'm pretty sure this Nazi thing wasn't working. 
And so he said, that's okay. So he took my blood pressure. Then he went off. You know how the doctors do? They go off somewhere and then they make you wait. You know, it's like, oh man, I don't know what's it, my positive, my negative, what's happening? You know, so you're like in this like, you know, limbo. Then he comes back, he goes, come on, follow me. And he looked like, you know, it was like pretty urgent. So he takes me into this uh, thing and he sets me on this thing that just starts shaking everywhere. And I'm shaking everywhere. He's like, how you feeling? I'm like, man, I feel pretty shaky. He's like, okay. So he gets on, on the treadmill and he's walking. He's just having a conversation. And so I'm doing this and he's just talking and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. We're talking, having a good time. And we did that for another five minutes. And then he took me back into the, um, into the room. So I went back into the room. He said, what's going on with your life? And I was like, nothing, just, you know, church, the, the huge, as they say, the usual. And then he said, uh, he said, well, something's got to change. I said, why? He said, your, your blood pressure was so high. He said, you were on the verge of having a heart attack. And in that moment, I got scared. I was like, what do you mean? He said, yeah, you're going to have a heart attack. I said, I'm only 25. He said, you're doing something. Something in your life is stressing you out. He said, if you don't change your lifestyle, you're going to die. This is what it looks like when the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit comes and says, if you don't change your lifestyle, you're going to die. That's the Holy Spirit's job is to tell you the truth. And it's so interesting, us, that we're just so double-minded because we want people to tell us the truth. We're like, oh, he's so fake. She's so fake. Oh, man, all these fake friends. But then, you know, here comes God and tells you the truth to your face. You're like, oh, God, I can't believe that, man. You're, uh, God would never do that. God is love, right? And so we're so, we're so double-minded. We're very double-minded, but check this out. So when the Holy Spirit comes and he convicts us of sin and we decide to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit goes from being with us to now being in us. And so this is what the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 through 27. It says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And then verse 27, he says, and I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. What does this mean? This means that God puts his spirit in us. When we decide to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit goes from being with us to now being in us. In John chapter 14 and verse 16, Jesus says the following. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. This is very important. The world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, why is Jesus talking about future tense? Why is he talking in the future? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come down. But when the Holy Spirit descends, the Holy Spirit goes from being with us to now being in us. And this is very important because the purpose of the Holy Spirit in us is to sanctify us. That's a very churchy word. What does this mean? This means to make us like Jesus. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit in us. This is why when you decided to follow Christ, all of a sudden the things that attracted you didn't attract you as much. And you're like, man, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't find that same enjoyment, that same fulfillment in these things as I did before. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not that the church said, hey, stop dressing that way. Hey, stop doing that. Hey, you need to start doing this. Hey, start reading your Bible. No, the church doesn't tell you that. The, the pastor doesn't tell you, you need to do this. You need to do this. No, no, no. When we change people because uh, with our own opinions and our own likeness, then guess what? That change is only temporary, and that's what we call religion. But when it's the Holy Spirit inside of you that changes you, that change is permanent. And so the Holy Spirit, his job is to make us like who? Jesus. 
like Jesus. And what's really interesting is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, it says the following, it says, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved. He says, through the sanctification by the Spirit. Now, it's really interesting because this is what the Holy Spirit produces in us. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 through 23, it says, but the fruit of of the Spirit. It's not the fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Let's take a quick pause right here. The Bible says you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. Now, when you have the Spirit of God, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, guess what? The Holy Spirit begins to produce the fruit and this is where I'm going to hit a very kind of controversial point. This is why people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, they can sense in their spirit somebody who is a Christian and somebody who's not. And what I mean by that is not somebody that goes to church, because we got a lot of churchgoers, but somebody who is really led by the Holy Spirit and somebody who's not. And guess what? That person who does not produce the fruit, then in turn we say, or they say things like, uh, they're so judgmental. How do they know that? They don't know my heart. We probably don't know your heart, but we know the fruit. And the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? It tells us right here. It says love, joy, peace. Just with those three, I'll stop right there, with love. Do you love people? Or is there people in your youth group, people in your church that you just like, I don't care for them. I, I can't stand them. They're just, meh. Is that really the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you? Do you love people? Do you love to serve? Do you love to tell people about Christ? Do you have a love and a passion for the people that are lost? Then it says joy. And this is really interesting because when we talk about joy, it's different than happiness because happiness is, is based on circumstance, based on the situation that you're currently living in. Joy is even though you're in that circumstance. What does this mean? It means that you could go through hell and back and guess what? Nobody can take that joy away. There's a song that we used to sing back in the day, the Coritos. We used to sing back in the day. And guess what? It said, uh, the joy that I have, the world can't take away because the world never gave me that joy to begin with. See, when, when the Holy Spirit gives you that joy, it doesn't matter who comes. It doesn't matter what happens. Nothing can take away the joy because the joy is a fruit. It is the, the, the result of having the Holy Spirit in you. And there are so many people that say, wow, that's just the way I am. It's just my personality. I'm just an angry person. I just never have joy. I just never have peace. And guess what? Then you don't have the Holy Spirit because you, it is impossible to have the Holy Spirit and be the complete opposite of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible goes on and talks about patience, kindness, and all of those good things. This is what the Holy Spirit produces in us. So examine yourself. Do I have the fruit of the Spirit? And there are people that will say, well, God's still working in me. God's been working on you for 10 years. Does it really take God that long? He created the world in seven days. Does it take God 10 years to work on you? Oh, well, I was just, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just very irresponsible. You, you should probably allow God to work in you. I'm just uh, very angry. Well, you should allow God to work in you. Oh, I'm just, I, I have a hard time forgetting. You should probably let God work in you. Let the Holy Spirit work in you so that you can forgive. God would never ask something of you if it was impossible for you to do. Then the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, and it's really interesting, in chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, 
concerning the Holy Spirit, because one of the things we have to understand as believers is that we are led by the Holy Spirit. It's not just talk. It's not just something that we say because it's cool or because that's what we're supposed to say as Christians. But the Bible tells us, it says, the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are to be discerned spiritually. So what does this mean? This means that without the Spirit of God, there's a lot of things that you think are stupid. There's a lot of things that you think are foolishness. And you don't understand them because you need the Spirit of God to understand them. This is why so many people can't understand the purpose for their life because they're seeking their purpose for their lives through social media and what everybody else is doing instead of the person that created you, the God that created you, the Holy Spirit that was there from the beginning. And, and, and it seems foolishness to, well, what do you mean? You know, like I, I, there was a, somebody I know that uh, he wanted to go to Bible college and all of his family said, that, that's dumb. What are you, you going to go to Bible college? You're not going to make any money. But that's what the Spirit of God was telling him to do. But they couldn't understand why, because they're foolishness, because they ought to be discerned spiritually. And this is why you don't understand a lot of things. This is why a lot of things don't make sense to you. This is why you come to church, and even during uh, the, the worship, and even during the message, you sit there, and you, it doesn't make sense to you because you need the Holy Spirit to discern. Now, I'll take it a step further. You need the Holy Spirit to be able to worship. Otherwise, you're just singing. Because it is the Holy Spirit that gives you the revelation of who God is. And when you understand who God is, then you're able to worship him with all that you are. This is why you'll see people that as soon as the worship starts, they throw their hands up. And then you'll see other people that will stand and they just kind of look like, oh, I, I didn't feel anything. Well, of course you didn't. You don't have the Spirit of God in you. But when you have the revelation of who God is, then the worship starts. A prayer starts. And you begin to worship God. Because you have the revelation of who God is. You have the revelation of what God wants to do in you. And this is what the Bible says. You can't understand those things unless you have the Spirit of God. So number one, the Holy Spirit is with us. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit with us is for what? To convict us of sin. To bring us to Jesus. Number two, stage two of the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ and we are be, become followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit goes from being with us to being in us. And what's the, whole, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in us? To sanctify us. That churchy word, sanctify us, basically means make us like Jesus. Makes, there's nothing wrong with being like Jesus. Everybody wants to be like Jesus. No, not everybody wants to be like Jesus because it's scary, because you have to give up some stuff. But guess what? It's the best thing. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. And then number three, and the last one. And uh, can, can we get the keys going? Man, I, I don't know. I just, I like the key. I like the way you play, man. The piano sounds really nice. It makes me want to preach longer, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to contain myself because, uh, yeah, we, we know it's late. But you know what? I know the Holy Spirit's going to do something. In Espanol? Yeah, can you play the keys in Espanol, please? <laughs> And the key of Espanol. And number three, and this is stage three, and one of the most important. Many people stay, and I call it stage, you could call it a dimension, a level, whatever. Many people stay in number two, the Holy Spirit in us. And they're like, oh, this is so cool because I get the fluffies when I worship God. It's just so awesome. But I'm not content with that. 
Here's number three. And when the Holy Spirit is in us, this is what Jesus says when he, before he uh, ascends, John chapter 20 and verse uh, 22, it says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. What just happened? What does it mean? When he breathed on them is, you ever see preachers that go, and you're like, that's weird. Why are you doing that? I don't smell your stinky breath. Right? I used to think that. I was like, what does that mean? What's the purpose of that? I tried it one time because people would fall, right? And I was like, I'm going to try it. Maybe that's, that's where the, the magic formula is at. And I go, the person wouldn't fall. And I'm like, it wouldn't fall. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. But I didn't understand why they were doing that. I was just like, they're just, you know, breathing on people. But the Bible says that Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What happens? This is stage three. The Holy Spirit goes from being with us to being in us to now, number three, the Holy Spirit is upon us. And this is the most important one. Why? Because this is what we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Something that people don't want to talk about. And it's like, that's kind of scary. That's kind of weird. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit upon us, we find it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And the Bible says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, the purpose of the Holy Spirit upon us, the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit over us is not just for us to speak in tongues. For many people, that's what they think. I'm like, oh, I want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit so that I can speak in tongues and it'll be really cool and I'll receive power. No, there is a purpose for everything that God does in our lives. And the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is is to empower us to witness. What does this mean? It is to empower us to preach to people to evangelize he gives us power now that when we go out in the street we're not only speaking from ourselves but now we're speaking out of the power of the holy spirit and the bible tells us the following in isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1 it says the spirit of the lord god is upon me say with me upon me is upon me because the lord has anointed me to bring this is the first thing that he says to bring the good news to the poor He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. And it's so interesting because Jesus, when he's in the synagogue, the first verse that he reads is Isaiah chapter 61. For the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has sent me to preach the good news to the poor. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit upon us? What is the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? It doesn't make us more Christian. It doesn't mean that, oh man, now I'm going to go to heaven because I speak in tongues. No, it gives us, the purpose is is for us to, to be empowered to preach the gospel. It's why you have so many people in churches that will never share their testimony to anybody. You have so many people in churches that will never witness. You have so many people in churches that will never pray for a stranger because they have not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because once we begin to live in the river of the Spirit, everything in our lives begin to change. Everything has purpose. Somebody called me by accident. They didn't call you by accident. There's something. God, what is it? What is it? And then we go from living this life of chance and and, coincidence to a life of purpose. Everything has a purpose. And the Bible tells us, In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, When they had prayed, 
The place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. What happens when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit? We begin to preach and we begin to share the gospel with boldness. What does boldness mean? Boldness means valor. It means to take a risk. It means that it gives you, the Holy Spirit gives you this bravery to go to a stranger and say, hey man, can I pray for you? Hey, you're sick, can I pray for you? And you don't go thinking, man, I don't man, what if they don't get healed? What if, I, I, I told a friend, she was sick. I was like, hey, let me pray for you. She said, no, I said, let me pray for you. No, I was like, come on, man. I'm gonna pray for the sick and I want them to get healed. I was like, if you don't get healed, at least nobody knows. I was like, let me, let me just pray for you real quick. So I prayed for her. I don't know if she got healed, because I didn't ask her. I didn't, you know, lack of faith, I don't know. But I prayed for her. But guess what? When the Holy Spirit came upon me, I went to pray for people. And I stopped praying, doubting, like, can God really use me? If he baptized you in the Holy Spirit, he wants to use you. There's no question about it. Otherwise, what would he baptize you in the Holy Spirit? So now, I remember uh, Monday, I was... Uh, I was in San Antonio, and uh, there was this, uh, this, what do you call them, a barista? The coffee maker people? Okay, barista. And, uh, and I walk in, and she's like super nice, and like talking to me and everything. And, and I'm like, man, she's extra nice. I was like, I know it's not my looks, because I was looking a little rough, as, as people call it, busted. I was looking a little busted. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I was just, you know, it was one of them lazy days. So I walked in and she's like, how are you? What's your name? And we were just talking. Do you want a Rice Krispie treat? And I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll take one. So she gives me this huge Rice Krispie treat and I took it. But then she's talking. And for some reason, I started making a conversation with her and I said, where are you from? And she said, uh, I'm from Miami, but I, I moved to, to San Antonio and I've been living here for, you know, whatever. So then I told her, I said, oh, okay, that's cool. So you're Cuban. She goes, how did you know? I was like, I mean, in my mind, oh, two and two, Miami, oh. Fidel Castro is like 90 miles away or whatever. I was just saying, that's what I was thinking in my mind. <laughs> but, but, but she said, she said, she said, you don't understand. And I was like, why? She goes, I don't look Cuban. I was like, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what Cubans look like anyways. But, but she said, no, she goes, nobody ever says Cuban. Everybody always thinks Colombian or, or, or Puerto Rican. And I was like, oh, I guess I could see that, yeah. She was very, very light-complected. I was like, I almost thought you would have been white, to be honest, you know, um, not any like Latino descent or anything. I said, but Cuban. She goes, yeah. I was like, what's your name, by the way? She goes, Suki. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's like Japanese. I was like, so S-U-K-Y? She goes, oh my gosh, you're freaking me out. And I was like, why? She said, everybody always says S-U-K-I. You're the first one that gets it ever. And I was like, and in my mind, I was like, oh, hold on. This is the Holy Spirit right now. I was like, the Holy Spirit's doing something. So in that moment, the Holy Spirit says, you need to pray for her. She's going through something. There's pain in her. And I was like, hey, Suki, can I pray for you? She goes, oh my God, yes, of course. You know how girls do. <laughs> and her, her manager and, and everybody, you know, they're there. And I was like, oh man, okay, cool. I was like, give me your hand. And she's kind of like, you know, okay, gives me your hand. I was like, I don't know about, you know, COVID and all that stuff. I was like, and I told her, I said, forget about COVID. You're not going to get COVID. I was like, we're doing something that God has told me to do. She's like, okay. So she believes. So I said, is there something specific I can pray for you for? She goes, yeah, my dad just had surgery. I said, okay, we're going to pray. I started praying. And it wasn't something like, by all these fire of God. It wasn't nothing like that. 
It was, it was something very common. We're in a coffee shop, and I said, Holy Spirit of God, thank you for Suki's life. I prayed for her dad. Uh, I can't remember, but it was something so simple. It was like 30 seconds to a minute. I was, and then after I was done, I said, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let go of her hand, and she looks at me, and she's like, thank you. I was like, yeah, yeah you're welcome. And then the people in the back, I never closed my eyes. I was like, you know, demon starts manifesting or something. You don't want to get slapped in the face. But it was so interesting. It was so interesting that when I'm praying for her, her manager and the people in the back are, they're looking and they're kind of like, oh, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, y'all want some too? I was like, yeah, Holy Spirit, you know? You get excited. You get excited. So I pray for her and she's really touched by God, right? She's really touched by God. And, and so after that, you know, I, I left and, and then my friend that was with me, she got her number, and, and, and what's so crazy, I didn't tell her this, but what's so crazy, I was like, I feel like she needs to be ministered. This girl needs to be ministered. Like, somebody needs to follow up with her. So my friend comes up. She goes, can I have your number? And I was like, oh, look at God. I was like, oh, my God. And she's like, yeah, of course. So she gets her number, and she's been following up with her and ministering to her. And I said, I felt that there's a lot of pain. She told me to pray for her dad. Her dad had surgery. I said, but that's not it. It's something else. I was like, I don't know what it is. I was like, but God will use you. And it just so happens that my friend, her ministry is trauma and healing and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I don't know what to say to people. I was like, that's all you. But, you know, I was like, there's an open door. So why do I tell you this? I tell you this because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, everything that we do has purpose. And he gives you this boldness, this bravery, this, this valor to pray for people in public. And I'm going to tell you guys some stories really quick because I want to encourage you. Um, and, and, and these stories aren't to just pride myself, but I want to encourage you and let you know that God can use anybody. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a, a minister. No, all you have to be is filled by the Holy Spirit. You have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I remember a few months ago when the Holy Spirit began to baptize the youth, what started happening is some people started going out and praying for other people. And this kid, 17 years old, he was like, bro, uh, I went with my sister, and uh, we went to go get some food. I was like, yeah, what happened? He goes, I don't know why. He goes, uh, I bought, like, extra food from Taco Bell. He's like, I knew I wasn't going to eat it. I was like, so why'd you buy it? He said, I don't know. And then at that point, obviously, I didn't, you know, realize, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit, right? So he's driving home, and he sees this homeless guy. And he says, oh, man, it clicks. I bought this extra food. Gives it to the homeless guy. Homeless guy is super, you know, thankful. As he's going back to the car, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, tell him, that his family still loves him. And he's thinking, no, nah, that's my flesh. That's just my emotions. That's, that's, that's not me. That can't be the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit really trying to use me? And, and so he was, he was having some doubts, gets in the car and starts taking off. His sister says, why didn't you pray for him? He's like, okay, it was the Holy Spirit. So he turns back around, goes to this guy. This guy's like 55 years old. And, and this kid's 17 years old. He goes, Hey, bro, uh, 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 I don't know how to tell you this, man. The Holy Spirit, God told me to tell you, your family still loves you. The guy breaks down crying and crying and crying. Starts telling him his whole testimony. Prays for him right there. Something that the Holy Spirit does. This kid's 17 years old. A year ago, uh, a year ago, this kid, he wasn't saved. I mean, this guy was struggling with his faith. But then the Holy Spirit baptized him. Guess what? There was this boldness that came over him. And I said, man, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people think. When it's the Holy Spirit, you do it. So I started telling the youth that. I was like, you need to pray for people. Just pray for people everywhere. And there's this other kid. He was 17 years old. He just graduated. But when he was in school, he leaves school. And he calls me super excited. He's like, bro, guess what? I just prayed for somebody. I said, who'd you pray for? I don't know. It's some stranger. 
he got it. He left school and he's walking and he sees this guy and says, hey, man, can I pray for you? And the guy goes, yeah. He goes, okay, I'm going to pray for you. The guy says, you can pray for me when you get home. He goes, no, no, I need to pray for you now. I was like, dude, so what happened? He goes, I told him, maybe you think you don't need prayer, but you need prayer emotionally, physically, spiritually. And that guy goes, okay, fine. So he prayed for him. And I was like, and then what happened? He said, well, I started praying for him. And then he goes, I don't know what I said, bro. And I was like, oh yeah? He goes, yeah, I don't know. All I know is whenever I was done praying, he says, the guy looks at me, he goes, what did you do? And he goes, uh, he goes I kind of got scared. I said, what did you do? He goes, nothing. He goes, whatever I felt, he said, I've never felt in my life. He said, I'm a Mormon, my family's a Mormon, but I've never felt that in my life. What is this? The Holy Spirit. How old was this kid? 17 years old, in high school. Never taken a day of Bible college, a Bible institute, anywhere. No, he was baptized by the Holy Spirit and went under the power of the Holy Spirit and began to pray for people. And then we were at the airport. We were at the airport getting ready to go to Brazil. And this girl, uh, she was like 16 at the time, right? 16? She's praying. And, and, and so uh, what happens is uh, I go and I'm hungry. You know, we're all stressed out. And it's like 10 people, right? And then Jenny, Jenny, she went with us. And so she was like, I can't get in. You know, I can't find somewhere to do my COVID test. You know, well, we got creative and then she finally was able to get in. And then so in this moment, I'm like running around and I'm hungry and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to Panera at the airport and I'm gonna get some food. I got me a sandwich and I grab my sandwich and I go and I sit down. As soon as I'm sitting down, this girl goes, hey, uh, so I feel from the Holy Spirit that I need to pray for this guy. And I was about to take a bite of my sandwich and I'm like, okay. She goes, but he's not here. And I was like, and, and out of, you know, I'm hungry. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I said, ask the Holy Spirit. And she literally takes that. Like, I just said it sarcastically, like, leave me alone. I'm trying to eat my sandwich. I said, ask the Holy Spirit. She goes, okay. I was like, oh, oh, wow, look at that faith. Okay. So I'm about to take another bite of my sandwich. And I'm getting ready to it. And she goes, I found him. I was like, did you? She said, yes, he's coming back. I was like, Holy Spirit, why? I was like, okay, well, go pray for him. I'm going to take another bite of my sandwich. And she goes, can you come with me? <laughs> yes, I'll go with you. So at this point, you know, I'm just, you know, reluctantly going. And I'm like, all right, fine. We'll put that up, my mango smoothie. And then I'm on my way. I'm like, who's the guy? She goes, that guy right there in, in, in with the white shirt. She goes, I feel like I really need to pray for him. I was like, okay, cool. Here at the airport? She goes, yeah. So she goes up to him, says, uh, hey, sir, you know, whatever. My name is so-and-so. Can I pray for you? The guy's like super muscular. Like I'm like, I'm like, oh man, if this guy starts manifesting right now, I was like, hey, he's like, Lord, I should have gone to the gym when I had a chance. So she puts his hand on, 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 his, on his arm, and I'm like, I'm gonna put my hand on this arm, just in case. Guys, I kid you not, I'm not getting anything, but when I touched his arms, I was like, my God. I was like, those are like cinder blocks, dude. What in the world? So I was like, my goodness. I was like, God, please, any demon, we rebuke him in Jesus' name and just hold him down, Holy Spirit. So I, it was so interesting. I kept my eyes open, and her, out of nervousness, she closes her eyes, and I can see her lips shaking. And she's kind of shaking, too, because it's the first time. But it's so interesting because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will give us the words that we ought to say in that moment. The Holy Spirit will sometimes take over your prayer. And so she begins to pray for this guy. And she's praying, you know, God, thank you for this guy. And then as soon as she says, God, let him know that his family is going to be okay. That you have everything under control. 
this grown, built, muscular, model, Calvin Klein looking dude <laughs> sitting there like this, and then he just starts going like this. Like that, and I was like, oh, oh Jesus, I was like, is this guy really crying? I was like, oh my God, I'm about to cry too. I was like, oh my God. And so she just keeps going, and it's like a one minute prayer. And I was like, oh my God. And so I get excited. I didn't want to pray to begin with, right? And so I get excited. So as soon as she's done, I'm like, I want some of this too. I was like, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, start praying for the guy. The guy breaks down. And then I'm like, hey man, what's your name? Where are you from? And so I said, hey man, find a church. Whenever you get back home, I said, find a church. I said, the Holy Spirit wants to do something in you. He's like, thank you. Thank you so much. The guy was just, he was broken. But there are people that are broken. This is why Jesus said, go into all the world. He didn't say go into the church. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to these people. Take the good news. And so that began to happen. And there's so many more stories. If I was to tell you so many more stories, I mean, I just, we'd be here all night. But I'm telling you this because I want to lift up your faith because God wants to use you. He's not waiting to use me or Benson or Franny. Like, oh, they play an instrument. No, God wants to use you. He's not waiting for people that have talents. No, he wants to use you. And I want to finish off with this. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says, and these signs will follow those who believe. It says, in my name, they will cast out demons, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will be healed. They will speak other tongues. So many other things that happen. But it's one of the few things that we see these days. And the reason I want to remind you of that verse is because the Bible doesn't say these signs will follow those who are pastors, those who are in ministry. No, it says those who believe. Say with me, I believe. And the Holy Spirit wants to use you. If you believe, the Holy Spirit wants to use you. And I'm just, I'm impacted because these are young people. These are people that maybe a year, two, three years ago, they didn't want anything to do with Christ. They didn't want anything to do with God. But here's the thing. We're waiting for something special to happen to this, for this angel to appear and say, hey, I've chosen you. Go and do it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Take the initiative to say, Holy Spirit, here I am. Use me. Use me. And so what begins to happen is that God begins to use these people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit in miracles and wonders. It's not something that is out of the ordinary. What's so interesting is that when Jesus says these signs will follow, what he's describing is not something supernatural, but he's describing something ordinary that should be ordinary for those who believe. Something that we should see all the time. Something that we should see every day in our lives. It doesn't matter where we go. It doesn't matter who we are. That we should see it every day in our lives. When we pray for people. There was, uh, this past Sunday, we had a service and worship just wouldn't end. So my friend was like, hey man, you want to minister? I was like, do that, let's do it. So we started praying for people. And then God began to give word to certain people. And he kept confirming the word. And then the following day, uh, I was receiving text messages, and, and there was this w w one of the girls, she goes, man, I was praying, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me to give this word to my mom. So I told my mom, and then my mom started shaking, and she started crying, and then she started singing, and it went on for over an hour. I was like, look at God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit.
you need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. If we're going to make it through in this life, we need the water of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. The Holy Spirit is with us for salvation. He brings us to Jesus. Number two, the Holy Spirit is in us for sanctification. He makes us like Jesus. And then number three, the Holy Spirit is upon us for one thing, and that's service, for service. It is impossible for the Holy Spirit to be upon us and not serve and not witness and not serve some, in some area of our church. It's impossible. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he empowers us for one thing, and that's to preach, to share the gospel. There is no quicker way to put out a fire than to keep the move, the movement, the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit just for ourselves. There have been places, there have been churches where the Holy Spirit begins to move and baptizes people, and then they think, oh man, this is awesome, this is for us. So they have it every week, once a month, whatever it may be, and they keep it to themselves. And what happens to a candle when you light it on fire, anytime you put a lid on it, it suffocates the fire and it dies out. But whenever you take that candle, you take that fire, and you go and you ignite another candle, and then you ignite another one, and another one, and then you think, you know, like DJ Khaled, another one, and then it fills the room, guess what begins to happen? This room where there used to be darkness, now there's light. Why? Because the fire was spread. Anytime the move of the Holy Spirit began in any place, it began out of a place of prayer. And then when it began to grow, anytime it stayed in that place, it died out. But anytime that those people took that fire to the city, to the town center, to the schools, to the, to the neighborhoods, and to the other streets, and other places, and other churches, and other towns, and other cities, guess what? That revival kept going. That move of the Holy Spirit kept going. The fire kept, kept burning. But there is no quicker way to kill that fire, to kill the move of the Holy Spirit, than to keep it to yourself. So what God has begun to do in you is not just for you. It's for everybody else. And the reason why I preach on the Holy Spirit today is because now that you're back in school, you need the Holy Spirit if you're going to make a difference. And I always see it in posters and it's so cheesy. Oh, make a difference, make a difference. But this is, we're talking about eternity. There are people here that have been called by God. There are people here that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit with power. And guess what? There is a purpose for all of that. There is a purpose for you to go back into the schools and to change the school, to change the atmosphere. There was a kid one time, he was worshiping here at our church. And he didn't know that another student was praying for the move of the Holy Spirit in his life. He said, God, I want you to use me. So this kid's worshiping, and then the Lord gives him a vision. And it's the same exact kid who he had no idea. He said, man, I saw this kid. He was walking down the hallway, and there's these demons throwing themselves at him. He said, but he didn't know. He said he kept walking. And all around him were angels. There were angels all around him that protected him everywhere he went. Do you think this is a coincidence? No. God wants to use you to change the school. There's so many spirits, so many demons, so much stuff that's moving in the atmosphere of the schools. And God wants to use you. God wants to use you to bring those people back. God wants to reignite that fire inside of you.
God wants to use you. I'm not saying, no, he don't want to use me. No, he wants to use all of us, but he wants to use you. When you think about it, the disciples were young kids. They were teenagers, and they were used by God to change the world to the point that you and I are here today because of young people that believed. So I want to encourage you. Uh, tonight, I want to do something, and I want to pray for you guys, along with Valentin, Darlene, Rebecca, Mario, Benson and Franny, if you guys feel led. We want to pray for you guys. And now that you're back in school, you need the Holy Spirit. Because the enemy starts pulling you back, starts pulling you back. There's somebody here who's struggling right now. And you're struggling with certain things that you're ashamed that you don't want, to, you don't want everybody else to know because there's a certain image that you have to keep up. And the Holy Spirit showing me, he knows. But he wants to change you. And you're still loved. There's somebody else in here who's restless also. You've been running, you've been running, you've been running, you need to rest. And it's time. It's time to come to God. He's been, he's been telling you that for a long time. It's time to come. It's time, it's time. And so I want us to do one thing. If you want to come to the front, you're more than welcome to come to the front. And we're going to pray for you. Let me have that mic. And, and, and we want to pray for you. Um, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, then tonight's the night. Tonight's the night to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that has to happen is there has to be repentance in our hearts. Repentance is different than saying, I'm sorry. We're not going to force anybody to come to the front. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is, oh, thank you. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, there's no need to force people. If you're looking at a river and somebody pushes you in the river, what's your reaction? To get out you turn around you're like no nah, man i'm trying to get out but if you're standing in the rivers in front of you and you're contemplating and you want to jump in when you jump in what do you do you enjoy it you stay in there so i don't want to force anybody and i'm not gonna say come come you're gonna miss out on this blessing come come no if you want to jump into the river of the holy spirit then come to the front you, can, you guys can get closer it's okay we're not gonna get sick by COVID or anything like that in jesus name And so the first thing that is necessary for us if we are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is there has to be repentance. Like I said, it's very different than saying, I'm sorry, God, I'm not going to do it again. Oh, I'm so sorry. Again. No, it goes a lot more than just crying. It goes a lot more than just than that. It's a lot more than an emotion. The Bible says if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and cry out, then I will open up the heavens. So the first step is repentance. So what we're going to do tonight is I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and raise your hands. And